Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So I get to have Julian Ardley. I got it right? No? You got it right. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge is I have people from all different countries and different spellings of things. I'm like, don't screw it up. And the more I think about it, usually the worse it goes. Um, and I think I reached out a while ago because Jeremy Boucher had recommended that I reach out to you because he was trying to give me people who had great stories or, you know, trying to balance having female dancers and male dancers. And I've got interviews from people back from the 60s. And then the current cast, because it's so different and it's so much the same. And so it's just, I think every little story we listen to, we have something we resonate yeah. with and something that's very different from our own, which makes, you know, our stories unique. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Finally. Finally, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because people like right after the Lido closed, there was just too much going on. I think a lot of emotions and changes. And then people reaching out now, I think they're busier than ever, which is hard to believe after, you know, how busy being in the Lido is, but it's hard to get people to have time to sit down now. A lot of emotions, it's good to be busy. So you don't have to, to think about like, you know, everything that you've just been through for the last past year. It's nearly been a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was July 19th. July, end of July, we closed like last year. Yeah. Cause I was there the week before it closed. I didn't know when it was closing and I was afraid come all the way from the states and then have it closed before i got there so i was there the week I before imagine. i was like i don't want to get there and yes yeah, find out it was gone so jillian where did you grow up uh well i was originally born in uh island of new zealand and then till i was 12 and then uh my parents moved to mount isa in the middle of nowhere basically in australia so i oh. kind of have two upbringings half in new zealand half in australia Really? Okay. I can, now I can recognize the accent, but it is. It's a mix of the both. The world, and our Wi-Fi is being a little glitchly, glitchy. <laughs> it's so a we bit of a muff, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Well, because I think a lot of people can't tell the difference, but now I have friends from New Zealand and Australia, and I can tell. Mm. So was that was your family New Zealand? Is that what you were hearing in your home? And then getting both with friends? Yeah. and. Yeah, so I, my, yeah, so I was born, my parents were also born in New Zealand so and then their grandparents I think came from either I think maybe England Ireland something like that because my last name's Ardle so I'm thinking it's kind of like that but I'm not really sure to be honest actually where heritage I come from oh <laughs> you have you have a lot of time on your hands right now to learn that I'm just kidding yeah <laughs> I, exactly I have someone in my family going through the family tree and stuff like that and she reaches out and she tells me bits and pieces and uh, I just learned that um one of my great great parents so one of the ones that had to escape Spain back in really? one of those days where yeah forced out so she was talking to me about that and what she did interesting so you're right that's some part of my bloodline is from over there as well yeah, and I think there's a time in life where it's more interesting. When we're young, it's like, eh. But when yeah, we get older, exactly. I'm like, where? Wait, where do I come from? And then, what? How weird was my family? What kind of? Um... Exactly. Yeah, and then I find out you've got like for my family, like, oh, there's a lot of mental illness, and there is really great things in the family. I was like, oh, that's all in me. Um. So, <laughs> how did you start dancing? What uh, What got you into dancing? Well, I started dancing really late, actually, at 22. So. 
Um, I had moved to Melbourne, Australia when I was about 18, I think, after spending a year abroad in uh, Tokyo. And I went back to Mount Isa, which is a mining town. So it's a very mining town. And I just outgrew it and just wasn't wanting to, didn't see myself there anymore. So I chose Melbourne. I went to Melbourne and then I started hanging around some friends who knew dancers because I didn't even know dancing was a job. Yeah. I know you see it on TV growing up and, you know, like, but I put two and two together. So I, I started hanging around with dancers and I went out one night to a nightclub and uh, I used to watch my friends dance on stage, do some podium dancing, whatnot. And one night, one person didn't show up to to go-go dance, as we call it. So they came over to me and was like, Julian, um, I just need you to go-go dance. We need somebody. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like, absolutely not. Wasn't up. And uh, But I ended up doing it. So they put me in these little shorts and stuff and put me on a podium. And I, well, I just had the best time of my life, actually. And when I got off, there was a, a girl who was an assistant to somebody came up to me and was like, hey, um, I'm interested in you coming to this uh, audition for a uh, um, Hong Kong runway show. We need some boys who can move and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm not a dancer. She goes, no, 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 we just just come to the audition and see how you go. And it's on Monday. She gave me the details and stuff like that. And then I had the weekend to think about it. And I just thought, well, I have nothing to lose. Because at that time, I was just working for Optus. It's like a phone, um, um, what do you call it, network in Australia. So I went to the audition. and. I walk in and there's like lots of dancers warming up and I'm just like just standing in the back. And then obviously I didn't pick up the choreography because I could not, but I got all the way through to the end because I was a gymnast, so I could tumble. So when they yeah. asked someone to come out and do something, I went out and I, I tumbled and uh, I got all the way through to the end of the rounds. And then they asked me to try on some clothes. And then they said, unfortunately, your dancing is not up to what we need, but thank you. And then the guy that, took the audition who it was um Todd Patrick from Patrick Trudeau's Australia he has a dance school and he goes but I would like you to come to my boys class on Monday nights at 4 p.m and that's how I started getting into dance so I went and then eventually I decided to go full-time dance training and quit my job and dancing became the passport to the world oh my gosh that's that's so I've heard Mm. many male dancers that start later maybe because it's just automatic to put little girls in ballet at three or four years old so a lot of right. the guys start later, but whenever you had skills like gymnastics, whatever before, it's not like you can, you could stand next to someone who's danced since they were a toddler and sometimes be the same. And I, cause I have a lot yeah. of male dancers at my studio that start late, I, but they I, just I, have I a, a different gymnastic. hunger. Yeah, exactly. And my ambition was, a lot, you know, exactly if someone starts younger, by the time they get to like, what, 22, they either like don't want to do it anymore or it's just yeah because I was so new to it and I just wanted to like conquer it so badly I just I worked really hard but like for gymnastics I did that in New Zealand and I was quite good I was like South Island champ I but then when I moved to Mount Mining Town it didn't have any facilities for gymnastics so from 12 to 22 that's 10, what, 10 years I did nothing so I didn't stretch I didn't do anything so even going back into stretching oh but I was so flexible when I was younger so this is one thing I do regret actually is like letting my flexibility go because I was yeah, it would have been my dancing career could have been much more if I just continued somehow. But as I said, like where my parents moved me, didn't have the facility. And then going into teenage years, you kind of like not get rebellious, but you just do other things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did, how did yeah, your body so do after that. 10 years and training that hard? Did, you, did your body like take to it or was it a struggle? 
Well, my body's always sore. Let me tell you that. Um, yeah, it took it. No, it was kind of like I think because I started gymnastics so young, my body kind of like understood it already. But it was just like having to retrain it to like obviously my hips and back and stuff like that were were no longer as flexible as like it was when I was a, um, for my teens. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of seized up, or it kind of tightened as I grew into my physique as as you do as males do after like 22 but like yeah I think I got in just in time to be honest to be able to like get to where I am today no it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad so I already froze you there okay good um yeah we're back so this might be a thing that's gonna keep having this robotic (laughs) I'm wondering because when you were go 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 dancing did you feel something like was it the people watching you or the freedom of dance what was it that got you like I like this yeah, I kind of was just a bit like, yeah, the way people were just watching me and I I, I never, I never, um, I don't know, it was, it was kind of an amazing feeling. I, like, if, you know, and, I, and not only that, I was in my underwear. So it was kind of like, well, like little short shorts, you know, yeah. nothing much more. So, and I was, I was working out before um, all that. So my body was kind of like, okay, for 22, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I think it was kind of like the, how people stared at me and kind of admired the the podium you know that kind of thing like it puts you in a situation where it's approached and I I think my life of it turned out like the audition amongst all these dancers and just like try and pick up some choreography in the back corner <laughs> it was quite funny I'll never forget it actually so well, I think yeah getting yeah. to have that that moment of really getting to be presented like go-go dancing maybe if you just yeah, walked into then, that audition without even that experience it would have been harder to go oh I remember what this feels like to be watched and yeah, admired exactly I think, I think a lot of dancers don't want yeah, to admit that they after, like that they after. love that feeling of having people watch and admire because like why else would you perform oh, yeah. if you don't want to be seen <laughs> exactly no I fully admit it I fully stuff like that I just I like the well so it's not sound like up myself or anything like that but like yeah it certainly does play a big role into as to why I do things yeah for sure yeah and there's a lot of people that were shy or quiet and then when they get on stage this other part comes out it's like Either yeah, you weren't exactly. allowed to do it or you're told, oh, don't be conceited. So when you I get to do it, like no, one can, no one can touch you on stage or no one that no one can get to you. You know what I mean? Yes. So you can like be be yourself or be whatever, you know, like it's it's different. It's, you can just like let go and just not worry about like a lot of things. So this is what I love about the stage too, because it is quite powerful in that way. Oh, we have a little cat. <laughs> oh yeah. Always part of every interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting talking to some of the women when we talk about being topless, how you couldn't move like that in a club, you would be assaulted. And so oh, yeah. to have the freedom to be sexual, sensual, beautiful without anyone assuming or grabbing, and then you go put your sweats on and you leave exactly. and you're not anybody's property or any expectation. Yeah. I feel like there's exactly. a freedom. Not being harassed. You're not, not like being harassed. Yeah. Absolutely. So I could just imagine what the girls go through, just like even for the first time on stage being topless, it must be like quite a quite an experience for them. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations about that. A lot of us are like my age are processing now, like how that was probably when I felt the most beautiful, protected, mm. a, a, a esteemed guy. I mean, it was like, wow, you don't get to do that in real life. If you dress up when women, <laughs> you say you look beautiful. Like, oh no, people this think thing. you're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, or like, oh, this whole thing, you know, I just pulled this out. Like, no, you put a lot of work to look that beautiful to go outside. It's okay to like admit it. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of classes did you, what kind of, what did you start training with? What was your, um, when you were dancing Uh, that much? Well, I did a lot of jazz. 
it was a lot of jazz um because patrick studios is a much bigger school now than when it was because when i joined with him it was just starting out and he was starting out his like school so it was only like 20 of us and um it was uh, we he, he did ballet but like you know obviously my ballet was terrible so i just i learned a little bit of technique that way but i basically jazz was my favorite uh, we did hip-hop commercial um tap dancing i kind of like skipped i was not you know as a student i was a bit like okay i can't even can't tap which i kind of regret because i'd love to be able to tap dance now so i just i've recently bought some taps and i just thought either that or ballroom dancing i wouldn't mind trying to ballroom dance but um yeah just just the, the basic um uh genres like jazz hip-hop um what else we did a bit of musical theater we did some singing we had a, when we did assessments we had to sing and i started writing songs even studios so it really brought out a big creative wave in me because it gave me a space where i was just accepted you know like growing up in a in a mining town and stuff like that being gay and all that uh was that was a bit tormenting so todd actually gave me a space where i felt was accepted there were other people like me you know and at first you know when we're going down the room doing turns and stuff I wouldn't do it because I was too stupid. But once I overcame that fear of like looking stupid behind, you know, I won the award there for most improved dancer. And I started working in clubs behind drag queens and just picking up steps that way. And that paid my rent, so it paid for them. And then I started just going from there. And then I did things like uh, King and I, the musical, which is kind of weird because it's like an Asian cast, but yeah, they would shave my head and tan. <laughs> like these days, yeah. I think that's just like that's probably you know what I mean. But like yeah. back in, exactly, but uh, back then, like I, I, you know, I just went with the flow. And uh, but when you think about it now, you're like, okay, and that was probably not the best. Um, I was um, the right thing. What was I? Islander in South Pacific, and we just put body makeup on and long black yeah. wigs. I'm like, like this doesn't seem right. And... This doesn't seem quite right. But thank you for the job. So yeah. when this person took you on to, and <laughs> exactly. to train. Think about it now, looking back and just the way the world is. Yeah, those yeah, photos, we don't want those to come back out. <laughs> yeah, no. But, um, so, what was the last that you said? Sorry. Oh, oh, when when this, was it Todd that took you on? Was he doing this to train you yeah. or was he hoping to move you up into professional yeah. or for th what he was doing? Well, or? Todd used to work at the Lido as well. Do What's his last so name? Is that Van Dorn? What's his last name? Patrick. Okay. And Todd Patrick. Okay. Okay. Well, that's Patrick. good. Yeah. So he knew that, that, that so, career path. Oh, I got frozen. We, we keep yeah, frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do a lot of I piecing this together. Time. Yeah, that's. I don't know which internet because it happens once in a while. So did he? Did he yeah. give you any idea about the Lido or what you could do with this dance career? Because starting late, that's well, like you, you're on like, it to get going. Exactly, and like because he talked about the Lido and stuff like that, and I didn't really know much about the Lido, um, and then. He didn't train me to do the leader. And the only reason why I thought about the leader really is new contracts on cruise ships and saving my money and stuff like that. And then I just thought because I met a, a guy who was French, um, I was really interested in moving to France with him and stuff like that. So I said, okay, if I can get a job. But actually I was supposed to move to um, Monte Carlo first for a contract because they were building a new stage at the casino. And they auditioned in Australia and I got the job, but then they canceled me the night before I was supposed to fly out. And I had got rid of my house, my job, oh. so I had my goodbye party. Oh my God. Oh, that's awesome. 
I've ever done. Like <laughs> one night a month. <laughs> and I was homeless. I was jobless, but Todd took me in and let me sleep on his couch for a bit. So I was like, okay. Um, and then I I was really that job and I started my career that way instead of the other way, which is kind of good because apparently the casino job um closed after a couple of months. So oh, it all worked for yeah. me better. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what what was your so you did you move to we kind of cut out for part you moved to Paris then and then auditioned or kind of missed that part? I moved it? to Paris and then auditioned. I but I didn't it wasn't successful. I would always get down to the last round, but I would never really actually get the job. And then I auditioned for a place called the Nouvelle and yeah. I got the job. Mm, so I, I've heard a lot of people did that. That's kind of the really yeah, good I, training I, I, for the Lido. Believe it. Like, yeah, I honestly believe it's like the audition stage for Paris. So yeah. um, I, I went and did that. And then after, and I still was auditioning for the Lido and nothing. And even at the Moulin Rouge, I'd get down and Janet would be like, Julian, work on your splits. But I'd always get to the last round, but no jobs. And then I started working for um, Old Caesar Palace in Montparnasse. And I did um, other like cabarets around Paris as well. And in France, I must say. To finally one day, I I was going to, and this is probably about the fifth time I, I, I uh I wouldn't say fifth. Then the day I was going to go there, it was it was raining a lot, and I wasn't going to go because it was pouring with rain. I was like, oh, you know what? I never get it. But I decided to just get up and go. And that day, she put me on Monday Night Boy, and then after that, I got full time job. Probably about three weeks into when I and when I called my husband to tell him, he's like, "No, you didn't. You're lying." Because every time I was just not get it, but I got it. So I was like, "Okay." What What was different? Do you think were you more ready, or was the audition different, or confidence, or that professional work definitely gets you more ready? Were you taking train? Were you dance training still, or were you working professional? No, or maybe because I just I just gave. I was still and I was still working all the time, and you know I was still like you know exactly. And I I think it was just like after doing the concert not so long, and I keep my other dancing, and I already had my visa, I already had my card de séjour, like well, it was just the same thing, and you know like they did they all they had to do was give me basically a contract where some other dancers that they'll come in they have to sponsor or you know do all yeah. that kind of also. I think that that maybe like as I said, like I remember that in that last audition when they're like, okay, just some stuff, and I just went running and just slid to the front, gave everything I had. Yeah. Was it the same choreography for every audition, or was it different? Um, I think for the leader, it was. Yeah, it was the same. And the first time I auditioned was wasn't even Apple stages for the new show, so a couple of times when I was auditioning for that, so that was I that was a little bit different at first. And then the last two or three times, it was the same choreography because the show was up and running and they just took bits from the show, I guess. So, so yeah. Did so you do Bonaire? Not a part of it too. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. No. So you no. came in for Perry so Mervais. I, I, did, I did see Bonaire at the end, but I'd never auditioned to um, this new show. Okay. So, okay. So you started out as Monday. So was Monday that when, some, when someone was on break or they just have one yeah, well, they can give someone can get a day off or ask for a day off and then I can come in and um be in one spot and then they move it around I'm not really sure back then but like when I came on I have an extra night off if they wanted to and then um but I was always working yeah. even uh, after Monday Tuesday Wednesday you know and then I ended up being a swing so I ended up knowing the whole entire show and every night since I started I was someone different so it was kind of stressful because I didn't get to learn the show 
because every night I'd go back, I'd be uh, every night I'd be someone different. So I didn't have time to do that one spot for a while before I moved to another spot. Like yeah. Just from the first night to the second night, that I was just always someone else. So that was quite stressful. And then, which you know, means you're also partnering different girls and different side of the stage and all that you have to oh, adapt yeah, from, to. From the, you know, my stress wow. levels were just like. Really oh my gosh. Yeah, but I, it, it was. Yeah, it was courageous and I did it and I just like it was a great experience like I learned a lot and as I said like and then after time I, I became like you know fourth captain and then it was just and then I did the Kankin solo for a bit but then at, towards the end I was just you know it's such a shame that it just fizzled out like that but I learned a lot as I said like I, I did everything I possibly could in that place and it gave me a lot of tools and a lot of gifts and but we sacrificed a lot to be there too so this yeah. is the thing it's like a give take kind of relationship with them because not just doing the show you're also you guys were doing like publicity things and I mean I heard there was a lot of extra things that you were doing besides just every night doing the show exactly and we do like little photo shoots and we went to Poland they you know they the girls worked more actually because cabaret is all about the girls to be honest it's it's a Mm -hmm. woman's world there yeah Um, us boys you know sometimes we got to do other things but like I was even doing other things outside I, I was doing modeling and on my Sundays with my days off and I'd fly around the world to different photographers to get good photos because I just love that too, as well being creative and stuff like that but that slowed down towards the end because as I said I was burning myself out and it happened and you know I had to I went to the doctor just just to see why I was always so tired and they're like you have to learn to start saying no to people because I was yes oh my gosh accepting you know just because you know when you move to another country and you're trying to like build your life up you know I had to work to make money to like buy things and I have no regrets because now I have properties and like you know it's it's all going so well yes all the hard work paid off yeah I went gray in the process but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then when you're young you just think you can do everything and then your body hits a place like you know maybe a nap would be really good right now (laughs) exactly like sometimes I don't know if it oh sorry go ahead what were you saying like sometimes sometimes you're so busy you get to eat you know yeah so Mm. did you have an agent for modeling or were you just getting uh like freelance gigs in, well, in Paris, I, I worked a lot on my Instagram, so I was getting a lot of work from my Instagram. But in London, I was with D1, and Australia, I was with Chadwick's. And in New York, I'm with Q Models. So I have a few agents, but I would love to do something here in Paris. And now that I have more time, I probably could. But like to run around on castings and then trying to go to work, it's just, it was it was too much. As I said, like other little jobs that I was doing for friends, if not for friends, it was for like, you know, um some brands or photographers and like yeah I've done a lot but and I think I don't know if it cut it off but you said you worked for Disney too while you're working at the Lido yeah I did a, a, a I think it was like four months and then I just couldn't do it anymore and you were but dancing yeah goofy, um, goofy garden party show yeah so wow. it was it was experience but the magic kind of wore off very quick at Disney I was just yeah. so tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because you don't go to sleep until, you know, we, we live like vampires doing those shows. You go to bed exactly. late. We're like, I get home at like probably quarter to two in time I ate something. And then I had to be at Disney by nine. So that's, you know, how far away that is. You have to be up at like 6.30. Oh, my gosh. There. And yeah by, the, yeah, by the end, I was walking into Disney, like nearly in tears, just like I was done. 
but as I said, like it, with Disney working there four months, I got a brand new kitchen. I, you know, like so, <laughs> once I got the things that I needed, I was just like, okay, it's done now. Yeah, so, those will last. Did you say you were you bought properties? Off. Were you able to like? Because I know so yeah. for me, I worked enough to pay break even. I never saved. I know there's dancers that did it more smart, smart. and have something to, that will last. Because I was like job to job, like oh, I saved four dollars because I spent it all playing wherever I was dancing. <laughs> I was like doing things. I was spending my money like that's maybe the only time I'll ever have it instead of like I should have probably invested in something. Yeah, well, because I did, I did three cruise ships uh, back to back, and well, on a cruise ship you can spend. Don't get me wrong, but I decided to save, and then I moved my life to London, and then I moved here, and then I just put all my savings into. To, once I got the CDI, at the, um, we bought one property, uh, in two thousand and eighteen, I think it was a two bedroom in Clichy, and then we had a Viage before that, which I'm not sure if you know what a Viage is. It's no, like a but reverse just... mortgage. It's very French. And um, during COVID, so basically we pay them, we an elderly couple until the day they pass and then the house is ours. It's like a reverse mortgage, but instead oh, of the bank, Yeah, we had that here too, but people. okay. And then COVID hit. Yeah. Dun, dun, and dun. they got quite sick. They had to move out. And the contractors, if they're not living in it, we get to, we don't own it yet, but we have the right to rent it. So we're renting that. So it's just paying for itself. And then uh in 2001 maybe i we i bought a little studio with my husband again in the second yeah wow so, wow that's really so smart it's, it's good and like you know we rent rent them so yeah we rent them so they pay for themselves and then so i'm not too worried about like you know uh the future in that aspect because we worked hard and we put our money away i've been wearing the same clothes for like you know six years <laughs> oh my gosh well and it's really smart but, uh, I feel like I'm very few dancers that really think of their future well i'm lucky well yeah and i'm glad that you know i did it when i did it because the leader had shot and like i think i'd be more stressed and have more anger towards life for my own mistakes in that way but like yeah i was i was really fortunate and my husband he's really like good like that so he's the one that suggested to put the money into property and at the beginning I was really hesitant because when you have money in the account then it goes to zero you're like oh all that hard work but you know you're going to get it back later is he in the arts too or or no no, he he works for Air France he's a flight attendant but at the time he was just he was working bartender even tonight he's away bartending he still works on his day off we're both workaholics actually (laughs) that's quite funny so when you were you started at the Lido, what year did you start? You got a few good years before COVID and right. this buyout and all that the, stuff. Yeah, seven years. Oh, yeah, but I think COVID too was kind of good. Like as I said, I started writing and um I was started writing a book and started like looking outside of other possibilities and just what I want to do and what I like doing because you know I'm 37 I still don't really know what I like to do because I've just focused my whole life on this one thing and because as I said working at the Lido six nights a week it does take a look at your 100% self always working full-time so yeah it's really good now to like take a step back and try and find new ways to like that interests me and what I want to do so but the Lido at closing they've looked after us very well so I just 
just have to embrace the change and just focus on positive things and just keep putting positive things in my life and keeping busy really keeps my mind off the fact that you know you invested so much time into something and then they just close the door on you but you know yeah it coming is up on is. the year yeah and but the leader gave everyone a home for many years many artists you know so yeah. I, I really appreciate it for for everything that it was and still is in our hearts you know but you know you can't you can't fight it as I said like reading who moved my cheese is like a little business book really changed my perspective on how to deal with change yeah it's a short yeah. read if you're interested. yeah I've, I've, I've seen that title and I was like oh, I should read that one day because change yeah, was such it. a big thing like I think I have loved talking to people during COVID, especially I started reading the podcast like two months into mm. it because I had time and everybody had time, but a lot of people were assessing like, is this what I want to do? Or they have not had time to really think about what they want where exactly. we were kind of forced to do that in a way that's like, I've never really thought like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Do I want to keep doing this? What do I want? And I don't think unless we had that forced time exactly. out, a lot of people have not changed. Like we have, a, yeah, exactly. And I honestly thought that the world wasn't going to go back to normal because it's been so long with the whole COVID situation. I thought it's no, not possible to go back to the busy life that we had, but it kind of is, and even more so, I think now, even like the things that I'm doing, I'm like, oh my goodness, like even more. But even with the Lido and it's closing, they've put a time frame and a contract that we signed, you know, like we have to do formations and it's pushing think like okay but I'm making lifelong decisions in such a short yeah. do so I'm kind of feel like I'm forced into too but like I didn't want to like you know just make overnight so but yeah as I said yeah. they're looking after us so I can't complain but I just wish we had a little bit more time to think about what the next move is but I guess if it was up to me I'd never be ready so you're never ready mm. <laughs> yeah especially like but I still like doing that thing I don't get to do so being there so long, what, what are some of your memories like backstage? Sometimes, sometimes people's stories of backstage are more fun than even on stage. Or is there anything that stands out? Because you were there a long time. You got you see people come and go, cast change. Um, so I have lots of funny, like obviously backstage, the boys' lodges are just funny. And I remember when I first started, yeah, when I first started, um, we had two boys' lodges. So I was in one of the boys' lodges, obviously. And uh, at the end of the night, all the boys, you know, they get they shower. But when I was just starting, I would I would notice that all the boys would go into the bathroom, and I just thought, oh my god, they shower together. Um, at this point, I didn't realize it was just only two boys in the shower at one time, and I was thinking, like, you know, they're going to see me naked. I was getting nervous, but I thought to myself, just do it. Don't be weird. So I got naked. What are you doing in here? And there was already two boys in there, so. It was kind of like an <laughs> embarrassing moment. I jumped out because I just thought they all just got in. That was, <laughs> that was your initiation. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, it was just like, and they, they were all laughing. But yeah, I just, because I thought that's what they did because they all pile into the bathroom. But obviously someone like, you know, washed their face, you know, while others are showering. And I just walked in there so stressed about not looking weird. I just jumped in the shower where there's already like, so all, everyone, all the showers are occupied already. <laughs> But I'm just like <laughs> sitting in there and they're just like, oh, it was quite funny. And I Welcome. do I, I see some of them still. But yeah, there's lots of funny moments like that, actually. Of just like, you know, your first times, you know, as I said, just showering, 
and just like the laughs, the stretching before in the lodge. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. It was nice. And you know what? You kind of take it for granted at the time because, you don't, you, as I said, like the leader was a lot to do with my social life as well. Every night yeah. I'd see these people, like, do you know what I mean? And then, and now I'm, you know, to see to see friends was really difficult because everyone's busy. Think even myself, like trying to catch up with my friends. Or like, okay, I'm busy this night. I mean, I'm free this night, but they'll be busy. They'll say, "What about this night?" But I won't be here. So it's it's one of those things that's like you take for granted for sure, and just wish like you know you made. Well, I did make the most of it, but like yeah, but it's it's good. It's interesting talking to people my generation, like our memories, like we, a lot of us, like I left the show business. I had kids. I started a studio and then I started to be more curious about that part of my life. I found my journals. I went back to Paris and saw the Moulin Rouge and the Lido. And I started to go like, that was really magical. And a lot of us say like, it's different than a nine to five job where you might talk to somebody on your lunch break, but what happens in the lodge is like, it's everything. Like you're sharing your life. You're laughing and laughing is bonding. because You dance together. In your songs. Yeah, there's it's intimate. You're standing in there mainly in your underwear, less than having conversations with people that now become your family. Absolutely. I heard there was some pranks on the last show, or people said they did different things. Yeah. And there's something with the boys in the underwear under the skirt that I think it was Charlotte that told me that. You're did running you... around exactly? Yeah, and you like sorry. yeah, there was thongs, and normally we just uh, wear the white boxer shorts, but I didn't. I wore like a white. I mean, like um, one of the girls' um, thongs, so it was like sparkly and stuff. I think Kelly wore like Lido Boy Forever. He got these undies, bright red, made, and like we all just did like different things. And I think Paul, I won't say what Paul did on the um, on the chat, but he had some things hanging out of his shorts, and like yeah, it was quite <laughs> funny. It was the last show, so and the audience must have been ready. Just for had a bit of a fun like... with. Yeah, How was that last show I mean? for you? It was emotional. It was yeah. really emotional because, like, one of my friends who was actually quite ill that I that I was with through the whole show, and he wasn't there, and so it was it was emotional for a lot of people. And at the end, I still didn't feel like it was happening. To be honest, when I look yeah. back and stuff like that, it was just like. But I think it hit most like after maybe like you know after those, then you start getting emails and you start having, you know. I think I think in November we start connecting with another um, a consulting company that helped you move on with your life. And I remember just going there and at first being like, why am I here? And now I'm really like going there and be like, okay, because now I understand. But at the beginning, I was, angry. I was angry for a while, but not at, not at the leader or stuff like that. Just angry with the fact is just like, I don't know what I want to do. I didn't yeah. prep myself enough for the situation. Although, you know, there was, uh, although I was going to French classes and I was doing other activities and stuff like that with like working with other photographers on sets and stuff like that. And, but like nothing to do with like career change or just, I never really thought about like, what else am I good at? And I still don't know. It's that fun. <laughs> yeah. You get hopefully a little bit of time with the formation that like, you don't have to jump into something. Cause it sounds like you've got some security around that. You don't have to make a crazy fast re- reaction. Yeah, like it's been like, um, as I said, since November. So we were looking at a good seven months. And I just now, you know, as I said, I did another show this year for a month. Um, 
called Phantasma, which is another experience. Nice. And it's, yeah, so. Uh, I it, saw it, some it, promo it's, on it. It's that. been quite. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Another another show. And so it was another cast. And like even going into that cast, I was a bit like, I knew it was only going to be a month. So I didn't want to be like getting too emotionally attached to that kind of thing and knowing that I have to keep working on studies and stuff like that. So I, w- I had my head more in the ground, my my feet more on the ground in that contract than I probably did the Lido. Because when you have a CDO at the Lido and that, you know, you think like, okay, this is for for a while and when you come off the stage or give you another job something else or you know so you think you're 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 okay but when they yeah. sold the company and then company decided okay we're just going to like have a massive change it was kind of like a kicking kicking the bum that i needed absolutely yeah because it's nice when you work so hard to get there that you can kind of settle in for a while and make your friendships and have a little bit of a, a not like what's next, what's next. Like when you have a longer contract, because yeah. normally you're, then you hustle to the next. I'm from the eighties where there was so many shows. So one show would get you the next one and you didn't think about it, but each time you'd land, it's like new, new family, new place to live. And then it takes you a while to settle in and feel like I can just be instead of like, what do I have? What am I doing next? So that's tricky when there's not that many jobs for you guys right now. Exactly, and cabarets are just closing. So I think it has a little bit because a lot of big shows around the world are just closing those cabaret space. But like, as I said, if I was in my twenties, like ambitious like that, but like I'm like closer to my forties now, so I'm like, okay, it's good. I see this is a blessing. Otherwise, you know, like who knows what on another CDI, it would have just prolonged what I need to do now longer. So I'm glad that I'm young enough now to like bounce that back and you know I'm still smiling I'm still working I'm still grateful for what everything the leader did absolutely and the people that I met and the friendships I've made mm. yeah it's time now to like think outside the box of dancing a little bit still be yeah. creative because uh, I, you know there's always going to be that side of me but like I have to now work on some I have to get some new tools mm. new tools yeah my- and there's probably things you don't even realize you're good at until it kind of gets yeah, developed that you haven't had time to work on. Yeah, so we we will see. And as I said, like this is this year has been like a big eye opener. Just like getting to know myself, like just just being able to wake up and just be like, okay, what am I doing today? And having a schedule. And I think if you have a schedule and you stick to it and keep yourself busy. I think it's better because I know myself if I'm not busy. But then again, if I'm if I'm not busy, I complain. If I'm busy, I'm, I complain about being busy. But I'd rather be busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bored. I'm so busy. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I'm like, oh my god, I've got nothing. And then I'm like, oh my god, I've got too much. Yeah, but, like, I know. That's like if you had a nine to five job, like people have. There isn't that. But I would think that'd be so yeah. boring. Like I always have had five. I have a dance studio. I have. A, I mean, I have so many things. That every day is different. And some people that freaks them out, like, oh, how do you have security? I'm like, I don't, but I never get bored. But it's a hard thing and you don't know where your next check is sometimes. And like some people just know that. But yeah. Mm. Well, I know I'm talking to some of the girls, like to how sad to be the last bluebells. But then I look at like, I have some dancers now that just have learned about showgirls because of my podcast that for them, they don't, there are no more. So to be the last is sad, but you know, you got in there before that thing, before it's done yeah. forever. So it's kind of a bittersweet, like you did get to be in there in its last beautiful years before it went away. But 
also just say, I think when the people started saying they were the last of the Lido, it started to hit different than when we exactly. leave, it'll still go or to take the dressing room and take all your stuff out of the dressing room and leave it empty. feels like, Oh, no one else is going to sit in this dressing room and just have the same experience. The place, it's like, Oh my, exactly. But not even that, like, as I said, when they put on the, the new show for a few months, cabaret, you go in there and like, you just fully like, cause you go in there for seven years every night and you have this glamour. There's like a, there's a glam, like yeah. glamorous side of the leader it kind of lost that it's kind of it was like a gem do you know what i mean it's like you know and i just feel like paris has lost a bit of its glamorous showgirl life like there is the moulin rouge but like the moulin rouge is it's the moulin rouge but the leader it just had this i don't know it's just it was something about it that's quite sad. yeah it just feels like that's part of Paris Especially culture. Especially when you go in after to watch the next show that was and you're like... Yeah, I, I saw some yeah, pictures. exactly. I, I missed the chandelier. That chandelier was so beautiful. And I go, why would they Why um, would they take that out? Why would they not use the glamour and make it... Oh. Exactly. But so so what have you been said, doing? Gotta, like, change. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's interesting to watch people be okay to grieve, be okay to be mad, be okay to be sad. And then, oh, yeah, then you move on and you find yes. a way like, okay... That is sad. I'm glad I got to do it and not minimize it. It was kind of a, you know, the big jolt for like, have to change your whole life now instead of like, I'll do this job and then I'll, the leader will have something else. Or... So what have you been doing when you've had some time to, did you yeah, rest at all during real, COVID or were you hustling um, all the beginning? During, uh, I've some odd jobs here and there. Uh, my mom fell ill. So uh, mm-hmm. during March, I was just went home before I started phantasma which ran for a month and then i did phantasma at the end of last year as well and it came back and it's coming back at the, the beginning of next year and then some summer next year um i've just been doing lots of other jobs like you know assisting um assisting uh, runway shows and queuing models on stage i have been working with you know photographers just on set i've I can't, you know, I'm trying to, you put me on the spot now, I'm trying to think at the top of my head. <laughs> no, that's but okay, because yeah, it's a lot. I haven't really yeah, and I've been doing other little shows, uh, like I just, the other day, I, I was in the south of France doing a, a show, and then I was in Italy for six days, just just recently. Oh. So it's, it's lots of little jobs that I wouldn't be able to have done if the Lido was still open, but like, okay, the the, the stability of the leader was amazing but like now i get to experience a bit more life yeah a little variety life outside is, the leader is your husband yeah French? a little variety exactly yes he is so you can stay mm. there you don't have to leave the country and worry um, about visas and, and all that this is, this is a good thing too the fact that like you know I, I came outside i mean i came to france first and got my visas and stuff and went into the leader when the Lido shut, I didn't have the stress of like having to to leave the country, like because some people when they came, maybe their visas were from the Lido. So if there's no more Lido, they could probably apply for their own visas, of course. But I didn't have to have that stress, thank goodness. And you can work, you can take jobs. There's no limit as not being French that you can do any job. So uh, I'm very fortunate that way. Yeah, oh, wow. I can do. I can do it. In any job 
so for your formations, do you, is there a certain amount of time you have to do it by? Isn't it with, is it within the year you have to do that and have it paid for? There you are. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just totally froze. Yeah. It's like, I will, we can edit some of it. Some of it might be a little bit glitchy, but we'll, we'll make it work. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, we can just, just pick uh, it up from here. Okay. Um, yeah. what did you, was it oh, we'll start the question over. Yeah. Said? Yeah. Is there a okay. limit of time? Like when you, when the Lido closed, is that a French thing about formations that everybody is given that opportunity at the end of their job, if it goes away to do the formation and figure out what's next? Is that like a French? Yeah, I uh, think we have social. The, it's the French, because we're only the people that are on a CDI, a CDI is a long-term contract. So if you are, if you have had in the CDI, which I think there was quite a few of us, you, they can't just say, thank you, you're done. Because if you're not on a CDI and you're in a CDD, once your contract finishes on a CDD, they just won't renew it. Making that promise, then yeah. Yeah, you have to give us um, some time to figure out what our next step is, to fund us while that's happening. So it's, it is a if they just said goodbye and tied their ways and just left me i probably would have been <laughs> smile on my face today because it has been quite stressful and just like the little some of my properties which has given me money as well so it's kind of like, like a huge help so all these little steps along the way although i found them quite difficult at the time working plus renovating and working two jobs and it's all now <laughs> I don't know why he's doing that. I'm no, sorry. It's so, I don't know if it's, yeah, mostly my internet's okay, but sometimes things glitch out. And so sometimes it's a combination of both of ours. Yeah. So uh, um, as I was saying, like, yeah, I think um, all the, the steps that I've made in life till now have really like kept me more at ease. Yeah. Because as I said, if I didn't have what I have today, because, you know, like, like like you were saying a lot of people do live paycheck to paycheck spend their money um i would probably be in a different situation but no yeah. it's it's working out for the best i just have to keep positive that's the best mm. that's the main thing and just accept yeah. the change because some people can't accept change sometimes which is hard for everybody even me it was hard to accept at the beginning yeah uh, after you talking a little to the time. consultants that they give us yeah just need your time to process it and just like you know it's just it's just a shift in in time in something. It's not like you know you're not finished. Your life's not over. It's yeah. just like a, a shift. Yeah. Somebody yeah. was saying like how if you go to see like I think Shakespeare's in three acts. Like the first act in our life is kind of our youth and preparation. Then kind of the middle act is where all the action and the fun. And then it's like your life goes on, but there's like you're now in a different. Act. you take all that good stuff with yeah. you but it doesn't mean it's done but it means like that that was this period of time that has this kind of a context and then it's gonna it maybe shifts at the end not that you're at the end you're young yet. you have many more chapters in the I know, like, I know what you mean but <laughs> i'm at the end of i honestly do believe i'm at the end of a chapter i can feel it even in myself yeah. i feel yeah. it in myself i feel it yeah, I really do feel like it's a, a big shift, actually. And it's it's really opening my mind and just, yeah, as I said, like the last couple of years, even during COVID, I had a lot of time to think and with my kind of change. And now we're, we're, we're and I just had to like, just stay strong during because it was quite easy to lose my mind, trust me. Yeah. But like, oh, yeah. yeah. Too much time with ourselves can not be good sometimes or 
too yeah, much. This uh, is why I like to keep busy. So I'm, I'm you, what are you thinking for your future? Not that you have to have an answer, but at least you kind of have a direction or a desire that's kind of helping you figure out what's next. Um, where do I think for my future? Um, well, it could be short-term future. Future. Yeah, but like I still think I'll still be here in Paris. I think, um, as I said, I want to try and get into writing. Uh, as I said, but it's been a couple of years. I started, and uh, you know, life got in the way of that, and then. But I'm trying to get back into that, and I'm reading another book now to encourage me to find my own inner artist. Um, yeah. But like, I still, I, I see myself still creating. I hope. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Just, I guess, just like I am today, but just a hundred times more having the answers to I don't know I, I can't even tell you but like I hope mm. uh, I hope I'll be in a good place yeah even when you do this with your head it makes me think of the word unfold like it doesn't have to be right there for a bit it might unfold slowly like you'll see because I'm, I'm 63 I performed for many years I have a dance so I, I realize I need to have creativity and so yeah. if I'm 80 and I'm, I will probably be putting on talent shows I'll probably be doing things to keep my creative part <laughs> doing and community. Hello, so like, no matter, yeah, it's like, but I just like whatever I'm doing, it will involve community and it will yeah. involve creativity. And so that gives me options because I, if I had to do a desk job, I would cry and I would wilt and be done. Oh, like, and I know people love that stuff, but I go, um, yeah. But what is it that feeds your soul? And then you'll, you know, you won't go towards something that's going to kill your soul. You're going to go towards something that exactly. keeps you thriving and alive and joy. Exactly. But like, I, I still enjoy like the whole show expect and, and like events and like, like being, I don't know, not like, yeah, performing, but like, it doesn't even have to be on stage. It could just be like in front of people or just in some sort of way. I, I, I think. I've always been a performer, even at gymnastics when I was a kid, like you always go out into your apparatus and you're you're performing, I guess, but not obviously to, there are people there, but it's not like a, a show aspect, but like to take that away, for, I, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know who I am without it, actually. Let's yeah. put it that way. Absolutely not. But like, yeah, so we will see. I, I may... I may succeed, I may not, I may fail, <laughs> but uh, I, no, I will succeed in something, of course, because I'm that kind of person. But like, I just have to find that thing that makes me want to get out of bed. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, as I yeah. said, like when I started dancing at 22, you couldn't get me out of, even after the school had finished, I would still be there in the studios, just in front of the mirror, just doing things mm. with the classes that day until like, you know, they were locking up and kicking me out of the, the studio, you know? Oh, so, wow. You found your passion. I'm just wanting and that I, yeah and I just want to find that again in something else I guess and I'm sure there's many things but like as I said you got to go through things do I like that do I not like that and this is the yeah. time consuming part of it and this is what I spent this year doing like other things do I like this do I like that like I went to New York um and I was working on a as an assistant for Kiehl's and there are people on set just like making sure fingers are touching the products okay. And I didn't know that was a job, do you know what I mean? And and then I just remember just like looking at the way they were like, okay, it looks like she's missing a finger. Can we bring that finger around? And this is someone's job, you know, like to make sure to look for these things. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. But I would find that quite boring after a while, I think. But like, you know, there's so many jobs where you don't know that are jobs. So right. People say, you didn't do you know dancing do? was like, a job. I'm still finding 
yeah exactly and then you're finding out all these other things i'm like people are paid to do these kind of things so it's just like i'm always discovering new new ways of how people live and get money it's it's incredible actually yeah like somebody like, made that like, um yeah, it's just like, it's funny. and also when you said fail because sometimes if, you know failure may not it's like oh it's just not this thing it's like because if you if you I'm don't sorry. go for it you don't that know and, but also yeah, chasing but after everything is so I have a question yeah. to end with. When you think of like what you got from your time at the Lido, because whatever takes you into the new part of your life, what are the things from Lido that that still transfer into life that you might want to do next or what you'd want to create or what your life to be like from your seven years at Lido? Um, I think because it was like my first job that I worked for many years, um, question oh my god um <laughs> make you squirm a little bit <laughs> <laughs> what do I even say no. um well I learned a lot just by by watching how other people worked as well just like my captains and the bosses and stuff like that and you know I would speak to my boss and the things she would say to me I'll take with me for a while because she, I really liked her advice so the advice she gave would will probably go with me actually um yeah and just watching how some people interact with people and just learning um you know it was a cast of like 40 something people so you're bound to when you go to another place you know see familiar personalities and just like so I think it just it kind of rounded me in a way of many yeah just yeah I I, I know what I'm trying to say but I don't know how to put it in words just without trying to make a mistake of just like saying mm. some people are good some people are bad but not saying that no, no but it sounds like um, you're an observer you observe you watch what's going on around you and how people interact like that's a big skill that serves absolutely. everything absolutely. i've heard people say like you we we see that. the we see the show as a big picture and so when you work with people you see the big picture instead of like what what's my thing and i feel like people that did shows come away into all jobs with an understanding of the big picture and that everything has to work together. Like if the dressers didn't do their job or if the stage crew or everything exactly. matters. And so that is a skill that I think a lot of people don't get. You don't get it in business school. You get it by being in that kind of environment. And like, how do you work with difficult people or how do you solve problems or how do you feel people without even having to talk? Like, I feel like in the show, you can feel who's next to you. You have a, an energy that is more kinesthetic than people that are in their head. So yeah. I just feel like there's, really great things I didn't realize till later that came from being in the show like you can't show up late for a show you can't like say oh sorry I got stuck in traffic like you just you can't do that you have to be like it is if I am not there it it affects everything can't work from home (laughs) yeah you can't just put your face on the zoom on a big screen during the show on the screen I'll be fine (laughs) but yeah no I, I I I really admire a lot that the Lido gave me, and as I said, just like teamwork and you know, and working in a huge company because even after that, so you know, and at the Lido, the girls were in the girls' lodge, boys in the boys' lodge, boys could never go to the girls' lodge. So I we only really saw the girls like side stage. So even at Phantasma, when we're all like together, and well, obviously boys had still had their own lodges, but we could still walk around and talk to each other. So this was a bit different, but like. I really, I really liked the Lido for everything it gave me. It gave me up and I didn't take too many sick days. But I do remember when I got COVID and I got COVID before COVID was COVID. Oh, so really? I had to take quite a big chunk of time off. 
towards oh. the end it was you know people were dropping like flies so yeah. and just like not like you know because I was a swing too and some things happen during a show you got to change you got to adapt so yeah it, it gave me lots of skills actually you know just adapting and stuff like that and just working with a whole different diverse people from dresses to production to backstage to yeah yeah you said diverse too because like where else would you be like I was in a show in Reno but we had so many Australians and English and South Africa and mm. We just, I learned more by being backstage than if I'd read a bunch of history or cultural studies. I felt like the exactly. way we understand the world because it's all like this little globe in the dressing room where you just learn about how people might think different or express different. And I don't know. So languages, stuff like that. It's amazing, actually. And like even going from, uh, as I said, I just been to six days for a job in Italy and like you, you start understanding French and then you go to Italy and then you're in another like oh god it's another language I have to <laughs> you know like it's just in Europe there's so many it's just like you just jump the fence and you're like there's another language there's another language and I'm just like I I, I kind of like I love the fact that I speak English but it's kind of a curse because you get stuck to learn French but like you'll find a lot, a lot of people just want to speak English and you just get stuck but like yeah, yeah I don't know it, it, it was good it was nice it was a good bunch I miss everybody yeah, yeah. well we had the but reunion I, I the, were you there for the reunion the global reunion in 2019 no I was on I was on vacation oh it was magical and I think it was interesting talking to this young cast you we won't have a show of bluebells maybe there'll be something new to go to but we can still have reunions and i think it is right. like you guys are part of our collection of 76 years of the lido so when i get together and i see 80 year olds that have their stories and the young ones it is a reason to get together and remember how special it was or what we did or like these people really were a big part of my oh, life of so my formation yeah so i don't know who's going to take on the next in the next um but. reunion but I'm looking forward to yeah yeah there's always a way to keep it going that's like the podcast I want to keep the stories going yeah the shows are gone but we still I can't wait it's gonna be good yeah well Jillian this was wonderful I'm glad it finally worked out to do this and so I'm gonna let you go but I would love I'm sorry about that I don't know what's going on there but we'll see what we can make it it might make us sound like robots at some point but it'll be fine (laughs) So, okay, so you know a little bit of French. Can you can you say goodbye in French for us and any kind of little salutation? Oh, au revoir. Um, je t'aime beaucoup. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs>